0: This episode of the Link Up Podcast is brought to you by Moody & Co. CBD is everywhere these days, from supplement and nutrition stores to gas station displays. With so many options, how can anyone make sense of what to buy, how to properly dose, or trust in the quality and purity of the products? Luckily, our friends at Moody & Co. have all your bases covered. Moody & Co.'s products started their life, hand-grown and cultivated following strict organic growing practices in the fertile soil of the West Tennessee Delta. Each hemp plant was hand-planted on their family-operated farm, fed only high-quality organic nutrients, and finished their life free of any toxic pesticides and sprays. Moody & Co.'s world-class extraction and manufacturing partners are FDA-grade and CGMP-compliant, so you can be sure each and every product is of the highest quality. What about potency and purity? Each of Moody & Co.'s products is third-party, lab-tested, before and after the manufacturing process, and the tests are available for you right on their website. Their website is www.moodyand.co. I'll spell that for you. That's co. How about that for transparency? Dosing instructions are on each bottle and their tinctures feature graduated droppers so you can be sure you are taking exactly what you need. With all the uncertainty about what goes into the products that go into you, you can rest easy with Moody & Co. CBD. Available at www.moodyan.co, or on the shelf in Memphis and Oxford, Mississippi locations of Nail Bar & Co. Once again, I'll spell that website for you. It's www.moodeand.co. And now to our episode.
1: I'm Melissa Best. Um, I'm originally from Memphis and living here uh, near the Capitol now. And I've been lobbying in Tennessee politics for about 25 years now and i take up on uh tough issues that i believe in i've been in the fireworks industry and i've taken on licensing for the fireworks and uh i've taken on the industry of mixed martial arts and legalized that and brought ufc to uh, tennessee and uh i've always believed in uh the marijuana issue and the cannabis issue and legalized uh the uh hemp crop years ago as a stepping stone uh for the plant and i've been involved ever since in trying to uh uh, keep the momentum going and in progress for tennessee and And how's that
2: um, going ken Ken, didn't you just recently come to tennessee and, and and speak on 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 our behalf you know trying to get a get them interested in the in a medical program for tennessee
3: yeah, I,
4: I think it went well. Melissa invited me um, to come up and speak to the Cannabis Commission up there, and and they uh, they hadn't really heard a whole lot of perspective outside of Tennessee uh, about what's going on in their neighboring states, and so I think I I brought a lot to their attention that hopefully will help them pass a good cannabis program in Tennessee. I
3: so, want to say one thing. I want to say thank you to Melissa because if it wasn't for you uh, getting um, – mma legalized in tennessee kelly and i wouldn't be as friends as we are i mean we would know each other in passing probably but you know we had parties at the club we had after parties there oh, we, we, had were, queuing we, parties. we were
2: we were we worked together yeah. on a on a pretty much bi-weekly basis just because of mma and yeah. man i tell you i'm an mma i mean i'm a big big fan you know i've always yeah. supported even with elite even after i left the club yeah. and had elite and still to this day you know recently investing in that gym because I, I believe in it so much and i'm such a big fan but anyways yeah that is uh that was a big deal melissa and uh, we're, we're hoping that the, the rest of your story is getting cannabis uh legalized in tennessee and uh you've been you've been still working on the delta eight is that is that correct you i mean that's the that's that's what you've been lobbying for recently
1: Some- Great. To some degree, I've been getting dragged into that a little bit, but you know that is some of you know um, that is some of the of the uh, pleasures of, of working as a lobbyist. You know, some of the disadvantages of of uh, working as a lobbyist is you know uh, working with some of the difficult minds and changing some of the minds of lawmakers. Uh, that that seem to be set in stone. That is very frustrating. Uh, but one of the 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 fun and the pleasures that come with this job is meeting people like Raúl and meeting people like Kelly, and learning about an industry that I never would have came in contact with people and developed friendships and long term relationships, and uh, uh, that have taken me places and. I never even knew what MMA was back then. And uh, it, it, has, it, it has created friendships and experiences that I never thought I had. And, that, and working on that sport was um, really a pleasure of mine and a dream. So it, it has led me to all of you. And cannabis has led me to Ken and uh, relationships that I hope to have for a lifetime. But yeah, cannabis it has been a decade now since wow. I guess we've legalized hemp. So th-
2: there's forty. Is it forty-nine states can that has medical now, or, or is Tennessee one 30, of the last 30, few?
4: Thirty-nine,
1: I believe. Thirty-nine.
2: Okay, I'm sorry um, about that.
4: And it's I think twenty or twenty-one that have adult use. adult use. Um, and uh, you know, Puerto Rico and DC have their own laws as well. I mean, I think Puerto Rico is just medical, and I think DC is full full adult use. I know it, DC is full adult use, but
2: well, I uh. You know, Melissa, I want to touch on that a little bit. I know at Elite, that's where I kind of got introduced to the power of cannabis, because I, I believe that we were one of the first clinics to have uh, CBD products that we that we sold over the counter. And I can tell you, and I can attest, I have a bunch of stories that, whether it comes from Colorado or it comes from a, I'm a legal state, of course, but where RSO has changed people's lives, CBD has changed people's lives, and can what are you seeing are you in the field now in mississippi are you getting to see these patients the the ones that are coming off of opiates the ones that are like oh my this is this is what i've been waiting for this this changed my life are you getting all those stories does 3ma document that are you are you you
4: know we 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 are um the mississippi cannabis patients alliance mcpa does a lot of that um and we're starting to to put some stuff together um since our our legislative session is coming up in january we're trying to get a a document a report for our legislature to say hey after a year worth of medical cannabis sales in mississippi here's what we're seeing and i'm talking to dispensaries across the state and they're saying well we're we're seeing some people who are seeing mild benefits you know where they were in pain and now they can just go about their daily life but some of them it's very drastic you know where it's a an older gentleman with parkinson's who Literally couldn't hang out with his grandchildren for more than you know 15 minutes at a time because he'd just be tremoring, too, shaking too much. And now he can go fishing with them again. You know, I mean, those are the kinds of stories we're starting to see more and more across Mississippi.
3: So, what is like the big holdup for bringing it to Tennessee? Not just that, like, if it has so many good benefits, you know, even like in soldiers and stuff, treating PTSD why why won't the government just money it, it takes money it, it takes a yeah. lot of,
2: somebody's got to write the check you know we talked about that on on, mm-hmm. on episode 65 um, when we were talking about initiative 65 well all that starts with basically somebody writing the check somebody believing in it and that they believe also that they're going to be able to benefit on the business right. side I'm, I'm currently not in the business but that's just it, it's a business you know and, and
4: uh and- And Melissa, you can talk um, about Tennessee specifically, but I can talk about, you know, Mississippi and Alabama, what I've seen in those states. Um, Kelly's right. There is a good bit of someone has to fund the effort to communicate the message that cannabis helps people. And and, yeah, there are a lot of people who just kind of know it. But that groundswell needs to be harnessed by a, a centralized group to go talk to our legislators because there is as i like to point out to people there's 87 years of propaganda of prohibition against cannabis where people are saying oh it's awful here are all the negative effects of it and someone has to take the stand and say there might be meant negative effects but here are all the litany of wonderful effects that help people um and that fear fighting against all those years of cannabis is bad cannabis is bad um it, it creates a long-standing fear where you're talking to somebody who's, let's say they're 55 and they've been hearing yet yeah, might help, but for 54 years before that, all they heard was it's bad. You're fighting against their entire life experience, trying to communicate to them all the positives. That's just really hard to overturn in any quick manner. And and it's not like someone hears the, the good news and their, their heart is turned. I mean, you have to really work with them, show them examples, bring expert, experts in, get physicians to, you know, tell the stories that, Hey, I have these patients that are underserved by what I currently have in my tool belt. So it's, it's a lot large, it's a lot larger than just, Hey, if it's so good, why don't we just do it? Well, there's a lot of people for the past 80 years that are saying it's really bad. You have to combat.
2: There's a lot of research that still needs to be done and and shown to the masses, of course, you know, and coming from alcohol, seeing what that does to people or can do. And then going into the medical field and seeing what opiates i mean i've in our circle everybody knows somebody that has either passed away or ruined their life probably multi, no know multiple people that's that's been down that road and if there's another option that's even got a shot at not being that i mean if you go to netflix now what the most popular show is painkillers go watch that and then go go watch a half a dozen stories about someone that's utilized rso and and just and why not try it you know why why isn't that available and but we, we all know and everybody knows this it's not a secret it, it just takes somebody that to fund it and uh and then and then once it's funded th- those tax dollars need to come back and and do the right thing and really keep helping these patients you know but that's in a perfect world what is rso yeah it uh i mean rick simpson will, yeah, so our, go right, ahead so I want, you'll you'll have the better definition of it go ahead
4: yeah. So RSO or Rick Simpson oil was developed by a, a gentleman, Rick Simpson, who had um, – he, he used it to treat his cancer. That he had t- – it was the only thing that would give him some relief to everything that was going on with him with his cancer. It is a very, very high THC uh, product. It's like 95%, 96% THC uh, extracted oil. It tastes awful. I mean it is just if – you're, if you're using RSO, you're using it because – you need an intense amount of THC to treat, whether it's pain or to to stimulate something in your your body for appetite.
2: Removing inflammation. Yeah, exactly.
4: It. Yeah, it it also works very well just direct contact with the skin. Um, so I I've seen people who use it. It's just to numb parts of their skin sometimes. I've seen it for restorative pro, uh, qualities, but it's it's not it's not the kind of stuff you want to you know roll up and smoke or anything or get high with i mean it's something that you're using for a very specific purpose
2: mm-hmm. okay well my I'll, I'll go ahead and add to that currently my my mother is using rso she's in missouri where it's recreational and you can go buy whatever you want as an adult so she can go in without a prescription mm-hmm. and go in and buy uh, T, thc patches and she takes rso and she's someone who her whole life has been and i'm not going to say she's a victim of big pharma but she's you you you, she's had the surgeries and been on the pills and it's pills after pills after for the side effects of the other pills yeah and i introduced her to rso and it's it's one little rice kernel piece of it and it's just it's just something different that that she's like oh i I hadn't i had never felt that good from these pills Mm. the same thing with thc patch it's it's i mean there's something to it and and when i i'm looking at my mother and, and then I just, I mean, I immediately think of everybody that could benefit, you know, and it's, like I said, it's it's something that I'm passionate about. I mean, you know, it's not what I do day in and day yeah. out, but I do have these friends that are working 24 hours a day. I don't, I don't think Melissa, I mean, she's always lobbying and working for something. I think Ken's full time, this cannabis thing. And I, like I said, I wanted to get them on here and on this platform and try to get the word out because Tennessee is the one to, to stand the most benefit in the next two to three years
3: so how long did it take y'all uh can to get it recreational in um mississippi
2: it's not recreational. Oh, I'm it's just medical. Just medical. I'm sorry, missouri I'm sorry. is where i, I mean, got yeah, the I'm recreation. for my mom yeah, yeah. Um,
4: i mean it we we started with initiative 65 in 2018 um really like march april of 2018 is when that kind of got concocted i guess was when somebody r- wrote it um and then they started gathering signatures uh, in September of 20, 2018. And so 2018 is where it really got started. And then we finally had product on the shelves in 2023. So about four and a half years, uh, five years. I mean, there were efforts way before that of people trying to, to push it. As soon as um, Colorado really started pushing medical cannabis, Colorado, Arizona, those were kind of the, the starting points for medical cannabis um, in, in the United States. And that's when it started getting pushed really nationwide. It wasn't until a really intelligent and well-funded group of folks started pushing it in 2018 here in Mississippi that we got the ball rolling. So it took four and a half years.
2: That's wild. That takes so long. Well, uh, I think I mean it would have been a lot less if, if sixty five would, would have would have made it. Is that correct? Is that I mean when they came in? That's
4: right. I, if Initiative sixty five hadn't been overturned by the Supreme Court, and, and I want to be mm. clear, Initiative sixty five wasn't overturned. The whole ballot initiative process was init- was overturned in Mississippi, um, which invalidated the previous ballot initiative, which was sixty five. That um, would have been up and running with licensure. In August of 2021. So we probably would have seen product on the shelves probably quarter two, 2022. So we've been about nine to 12 months faster in Mississippi. So it would have been like three, three and a half years, but still it's.
2: So you it see, like, you, you've got someone that was grassroots yeah. and had seen mul- multiple uh, attempts at a state and now running a successful medical program right next door you know and then you got someone melissa who's been working in the in the cannabis and lobbyists yeah right here and now i mean this is just i mean this is ground zero really you know this is getting on this platform and starting to talking about it and tell these stories and, and and share their experiences i mean this is the start of it you know
3: so how long do y'all think before like i think the company's name is planet 13 it's a big uh Big uh, recreational company out yeah, in Vegas. Yeah, I think that's the name of it. Like before, yeah. they start super yeah. expanding, right, and start dumping money into like these programs to help get it spread faster.
2: When the money's right, yeah, right now so, in, in, in Mississippi, mm-hmm. it, it's very expensive. Dollar for dollar, you can go do a lot of other things. You can go in real estate and have a better ROI. It's 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 overvalued, everybody, because so many people run into it with money. They think, oh, I had a bar. I can be in the cannabis business. Yeah. I had a medical clinic. Well, I've done that, and everybody wants that. They want that clout, if you will. They want they want to be a part of that industry because they think a lot of people think you put money in and you get rich. When when you are in a medical state that's so small, and the population, and the, the way they did licenses, I mean, it's not a cap state, so everybody ran in just kind of half cocked, and it it you know it, it causes uh, causes some confusion for someone with money and experience. They're like we're already making money over here we don't have to we'll wait till you go spend all your money yeah and, and we'll come in here and buy it for pennies i mean i, I mean I'm, I'm not trying to speak out of yeah. T- but yeah that's that's what happens yeah. to these people you know this is these industries you know
4: yeah i mean that that's a big part of it another another part is um you know the 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 variance in in terms of possible roi because of populations difference um regulatory hurdles in like just getting investment really in anything right now is really tough. Um, whether it's cannabis or if it's, you know, real estate, I mean, so anything. Right. I mean, it's just tough to to find investment right now. So that that's a big part of it. And the cannabis industry as a whole has been pretty over indexed with investment uh, in America across the board because of what kind of what Kelly was getting getting at. A lot of people think, oh, it's just marijuana. It sells itself everybody wants to buy it and turns out that's not the case um it's not some giant cash crop that they thought it was because they everything that they know from the news over the past 40 years is that you know you got all these drug dealers making a bunch of money and 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 they hear the california (laughs) stories too
2: you know they're like oh that's
4: right i mean it's just it's it's economic factors that don't actually exist in a regulated market like Uh, medical marijuana or even adult use marijuana in other states where you got to deal with the actual as opposed to your only deal as a drug dealer dealing with the government is trying to not get caught um, you got to pay you know compliance you got to pay attorneys you got to pay accountants you got to pay for your software you got to pay for your building like all these things that help you actually stay regulated and compliant and legal cost way more money and your overhead is a lot higher than if you're just being a drug dealer and that, so they don't like a lot of people don't understand, especially at the lower level that like that doesn't translate to the same, uh, profit margins. It's a lot lower of a profit margin. So to make money in this industry is pretty tough,
2: heavily regulated, heavily taxed, you know, and a lot, a lot of competition. And then when it's medical, I mean, you're kind of at the, uh, the, the, the approval process you know think there's there's other things that factor in i mean it i mean what are we at 20 patients?
4: patients 24, pac- five. 20, 24. 20,
2: 5. we're, we're at 25, 000 patients in mississippi but we started at one right and you got all these businesses day one like we got the keys we're, we're open those leases keep hitting you got to keep your shelves stocked. you got to market you, you know and it's it yeah it, it it's a it's a tough it's a tough gig so but they're uh, saying that though, Mississippi did get some big brands that, that's already here. So, there, there's there's some big facilities, uh, but not the not the uh, well branded recreational brands right. that you'd be familiar with in Nevada. I mean, I think that plant.
3: Yeah, I uh, think they're based uh, out of there. Yep. Yeah. So there's a bunch of people able to sell medical marijuana.
2: And in Mississippi yeah, I mean, there's oh, yeah. a bunch of like sixty companies. Is it sixty-eight, is it 68 dispensaries? No, no. Um,
4: well we are currently around 90
2: 90 actors. okay I, I like i yeah. said i don't do this every yeah, day right but, uh, right I think I last I... time
4: we caught up kelly i think it was at 68 okay so
3: i can have a medical if i if i was able to get a medical marijuana card in mississippi i could go to any one of those 90 okay? correct and, and show my card and purchase correct. legally. now would i get in trouble if i get busted in memphis with it even though yeah. I bought it in Mississippi?
2: Yeah, it's still illegal. Oh, But I have a card? It's federally
3: legal. It's federally uh, legal. Yeah. It's state see, to state. That's what you're talking about. state to state. Man, fuck these laws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: so, so you're, you're stuck. You're, 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 legally, you're stuck in the state you purchased it.
3: In. Oh, okay. You can't
4: cross the state's lines. Um, yeah, even if you're going from a legal state to a legal state, you can't move from Mississippi to Louisiana or back, even if you buy from the same
3: company. So
2: got got you. They all want that. They they want to be able to track that revenue. Yeah.
3: So how many, if there's 90, uh, what is it called again? Dispensaries. Dispensaries. If there's 90 of those, how many growers supply those 90? Currently
4: about 50-ish. We have, I think about a hundred growers licensed, but I think only about 50 or so are active. Um, Just like we have, like, 190 dispensaries licensed with only 90 active. Got you. Yeah.
3: Now, is it hard to become a grower for these dispensaries? Like, what is the process in that? I
4: mean, you need to... It's
3: expensive. It's expensive. (laughs) I was (laughs) going to say, it sounds like a really expensive
4: ordeal. It's Yeah, I mean, uh, you have to be able to comply with all of the regulations and all of the requirements on, um, like, how many... uh, how many square feet you actually have licensed because you buy you buy a tiered system so if you're only buying 2000 square feet of grow space then it's like and, and and it's mississippi owned 100% mississippi owned then it's like 3500 or 4500 dollars um, for a license i can't remember uh, exactly i don't have you know all the tiers yeah. in front of me but, um so you do that and then you also have to build it out like i mean you can get the license and say here's my plans and here's what i want to do but you have to prove to the department that you're going to get all your local permits you have to prove to them that you're gonna build up to the codes that not only are locally approved, but also the the standards and security standards that are prescribed by the department. Um, so that's, I mean, all of that costs a lot of money. You have to be able to keep the entire thing under 24 hour uh, surveillance, and then store up to four months of footage of your whole facility at a time, um, wow. which, I mean, anybody in the that's software lot of hardware world is very expensive to store that yeah
2: you're going to be no. surprised when i mean that you, you you've got there, we have somebody in the Mississippi, bill street crew that's that's got licenses and, and really? about to start business yeah I, I'll, I'll tell you about that uh, later but yeah. yeah we there's a there's a bunch of them
4: Damn. You know? yeah and, and and if we're thinking about the same person i mean that those the, the two businesses i know of that that he's involved in i think they've each put in roughly a million um not including licensing costs or or like attorney's fees or compliance with you know a compliance officer or a uh an accountant like i i think that's just in the raw physical space that they built up
2: yeah they're at two million the one i'm talking about they're two million yeah it's it's some of our really yeah
4: and and it's not and they're also not large facility i mean they're they're like mid to small tier facilities um they just cost that much to to run in a way that is efficient and effective.
2: So, yeah, if you just, I mean, if you're listening, if you <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but, and I want, I want to add to that, the, the value of him having the, that information, yeah. the value of, of, of Melissa having that information, when we do put, when Memphis or Tennessee puts together their association, you know, having access to someone like Ken, and then who who has bridged the relationship with someone like Melissa? Yeah, I think is going to be very important, you know, because the three M A by definition. What what is it that you do for for the for the businesses? I know I, I know what it is, but I don't know how to put it into yeah, words so, like you so would. We,
4: we do uh, promotion of our of our members, uh, networking across the the state for our members, and um, a lot of government. Uh, government relations and, and public awareness of the industry, but also improvements that can be made for the industry and for the patients.
3: So like if a dispensary or a grower is having issues with something or they couldn't understand, they could come come to y'all?
2: Or even when they're starting or when oh, yeah. they're looking. Oh, okay. these, these other companies that yeah. you're talking about, when they're looking to maybe expand into Mississippi, that's the tip of the spear right there. That's the phone call you make because he's corralled all these businesses together and he's sharing the information hot off the press
3: right it's you kind know. of like if they change the, some kind of rule and you well, don't they're, understand well, they're they fighting no well they're I'm, fighting i'm not necessarily
4: them. i'm not necessarily going to be the guy who like is your compliance officer right so but if you need to talk to anybody if you say look i don't know how like what jurisdictions i should even be looking at to start building a business but like okay well here are some of the places around the state that their local governments have been friendly and i can you know point that point you in those directions if, if you need. You know, a good local cannabis attorney. I've got a bunch that I can recommend. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you guys can handle your licenses. Um, they, they, all of the companies they've worked with have been awarded licenses. Um, not that we like deny licenses very often, but the, you know, if you know the system well, because it's a pretty lengthy process to apply, you can get through it more quickly. Um, and, and then, and then within the industry, you know, if you want to talk to people about, hey, where should I be? buying our product. Well, here's all the cultivators that are in the association that have, you know, been in the market for the past eight months that you should talk to. I mean, those are the kinds of things that we we do.
3: Wow. It's like a
2: best friend well it's the Two, guy you yeah. I mean just like what some, we were some talking some people
4: some people think I'm, i am <laughs> my, three, 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 my three-year-old son does i mean i come home every day like daddy you're my best friend mm-hmm. so uh, some of those
2: things are out of your control working, though yeah. you know that they might be upset about but if you if you think about it we're we're sitting there talking about something being overvalued we're talking about an industry that a lot of people don't they think they know it from what they've seen and what they've heard yeah if, if you're coming into to invest in something and, and, and have to overinvest. What what better person or to have an association that's like, look, you can learn from everybody else's mistakes. Don't don't do this. Don't go here. And uh, and you know it's it's a it's it's a nice network. I mean, it's I've I've seen the power of it. You know, I mean. So
3: Melissa, like, how long is it going to be before Tennessee sees some movement in any direct in positive direction? I
1: am glad we discussed that because you know i really am so disappointed in tennessee i really thought we would be one of the first in the south and now it is disappointing to see that we are going to be it looks like one of the last in the south it's huh. coming down to you know um we took the lead i was so excited years ago uh, back in 2014 we took the lead as a pilot program when tennessee and kentucky came out of the gate and first passed hemp as a crop for our farmers and they did that in may of 2014 prior to the uh, federal farm bill and uh that the federal farm bill later passed that year in 2014 But coming out of the gate, farmers were very excited, and over 2,000 farmers got licensed in Tennessee that year, and our regulatory uh, barriers uh, were not uh, restrictive. And we thought that that was gonna be uh, a really big jump towards uh, a future marijuana medical program, and we would be a leader here in the South. And you know, with Tennessee being such a leader in the healthcare industry, we thought that, you know, we would just, you know, uh, obviously Tennessee with so many states bumping up against us, it just became a natural fit. But being the buckle of the Bible belt uh, and this leadership that we seem to have in the Senate and the House, They just seem to be locked down with this pharmaceutical thinking on medicine and opioids and buying into this old school medicine um, that we seem to not be able to get the thread and the needle threaded to get it past that uh, pharmaceutical thinking here in Tennessee. And through that uh, pharmaceutical money has been been the problem. Uh, we came out of the gate with so much enthusiasm. And Mississippi, all we seem to do is say, Mississippi beat us to the punch. And it's embarrassing. And well, you guys got more Baptist churches on every corner, I think,
2: than Texas. And, yeah. and, and I want I to get, capita. I can tell you, <laughs> yeah. uh, getting to know some of the grassroots guys, like uh, my, me and Ken have a mutual friend, Dudley Lampton, getting a front row seat at that grassroots effort them going out and collecting those ballots and go just burning up the roads, burning up the phone calls. I mean, but there's somebody out there now that's listening that's got to go, that's got to go be that, you know, that, that, that arm, you know, and uh, somebody's got to be the money, but somebody's got to go do the work. And, and Melissa is, is one of those kind of people putting in all this work. There's no, there's no big paychecks. There's no, I mean, it's, it's, it's what lobbyists do. You know, yeah. they, they find yeah, out what I mean, the people want and they go work for it. You know,
4: I, I do, I, I do love the, uh, you know, people say all the times like "Oh, you're, you're a lobbyist for big marijuana. I'm like, I want to meet big marijuana. I don't know who they are. Um, <laughs> just, you know, uh, I, I, I would love to pitch on, on my yeah. services because I think if they're making money on marijuana, um,
1: I'd like to sign out because um, I have found that lobbying for cannabis is putting in your own money at times. Uh, It is volunteer efforts. Uh, The money and the investors in Tennessee have dried up. Uh, Those uh, opportunities for investors have dried up. They have put in through the years, but those cycles have ended. they they are tired of the year after year opportunities and nothing happening we have driven the ball inch by inch down the field we have gotten promises after promises by lawmakers to take it you know 10 yards here five yards here just pass an oil bill when I say I have tried many different strategies, I have listened to lawmakers say pass this bill, take this strategy. Um, We have passed industrialized hemp. We have passed studies uh, giving universities the ability to do studies on hemp. We have passed, um, uh, what do you call it, Um, ingestible hemp-derived products now, allowing consumers to have them. And to be honest, that has really, in my opinion, I think it's helped some people. It's given, um, an industry a market, but in some areas it's crippled. Um, Tennessee, I'm going to be honest, it's, it's become people are already getting high in our state on hemp derived products, but who has been disenfranchised are our chronically ill patients.
2: And because what what's our average age, Ken? Is it is it in the fifties? Is that did I hear that right?
4: Yeah, it's about fifty two. Is our average age. fifty two. Um, so that touches that, that, really that's exactly time, what last you're time saying. Listen, numbers. Uh, it was about fifty two. Um,
1: because Tennessee now has a market where hemp derived products can legally get people intoxicated. They are intoxicated products available to consumers, but
2: psychoactive.
1: Yeah, but our uh, <clears throat> cannabis uh, from the plant, uh, THC, cannot be available to, you know, uh, regulate it for our medically, chronically ill patients.
2: And didn't, and they, when- didn't they recently just, uh, didn't they raid somebody or something and sh- shut a, shut a facility down because they uh, tested some of their products and it was off the charts? Did, was, is that a story that I, that I just recently read in Tennessee?
1: Law enforcement went after and used resources and tested it through uh I guess the state facility, which is very frustrating, uh, when rape kits are not being tested uh and using state dollars to uh test rape kits, but yet hemp derived products are using state dollars. Well we commit.
2: both we both know that it's in every gas station. I mean you, you oh, can yeah. you can't not see it anywhere and we both also know uh, companies that do it right, you know, I'll I'll reference yeah. uh, uh, ounce of hope. Their products are I've, I've tried them; they're, they're amazing. But I've also been in some gas stations where I know, hey, if I buy that, that there's there's no, no telling what I mean, if, yeah. what what that is. So For how the does, price? Yeah. You can look at the price yeah. of something and go, there's no just way. To that
4: point, though. Um, Sorry, like Mississippi. You know, recently our Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics just tested. 50 different products from 50 different places across the state um three of them tested appropriately of the three of the 50 three of the 50. and i i i say that to stress there are three people who are doing it right right of the 50 right i mean that's that's not saying that people are doing it wrong all the time but three out of 50 is a pretty abysmal rate um and that is kind of what the hemp market is across most of the south
3: so uh, when you say doing it right, that were within the limits of
4: within the that, limits, okay. also um, appropriately and accurate. Uh,
2: well, what you know, what you're getting. No, the right. biggest thing in yeah. cannabis yeah. is knowing your dose. Know your dose. Know the cannabinoids that you want and what they do. What terpenes you're using. These some of these things that you get, they're going and testing them. And, and it's the people that has the access to them. Anybody that's a certain age can just go buy it. And some or in of to be any age. Some of these ingestible thc products are very psychoactive you know over the counter so and those aren't getting regulated but then here you got a regulated medical market that's getting tested and you know what you're getting yeah it's, it's business and people are going to make money but there's some and there's some people doing it right i'm not saying everybody yeah, that sells right. hemp derived products there's a bunch of great i mean uh Cross County uh, Country Wellness, the mm. friends of ours. I've, I've tested their products. It's what it, it's what it says. He is. I hadn't sent them off and tested, but then I've also been in a hurry and bought something from a uh, nutrition shop and get it. And I'm like, what is going on? That ain't that ain't ten milligram. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it's. I mean, I'm an experienced uh, THC yeah. user. I'm afraid to admit it, but. And, and there's a there's a problem because, I mean, you got the kids that are the, the the big thing is like we don't want medical cannabis because the kids are going to get it. The kids are already getting worse versions and then they're selling a, a version of opiate right beside it. This Kratom. You know, I mean, it's, it's it's just crazy, you know, that there's a program out there and it's helping people. It's generating revenue and there's a way that's getting done now, but there's nobody willing to to pay the bill to, you know what I mean? Cause the, the, the people that are making money now, they're not, they're like, well, we're making money. We yeah. ain't worried about it. And uh, they're, they're watching, go ahead.
3: So how do the people in the gas stations have it? Like, how is that unregulated?
2: Like- it's a different cannabis. It's derived from him. And then uh, uh, Ken and M- Melissa can probably give you the yeah. more technical terms and the better definition, but that's the, that's the ba- they, they found a loophole. That's why everybody has it.
1: Tennessee to allow, um, and that's what we're saying. Tennessee is, excuse my terms, but Tennessee got asked backwards. Mm. Um, They passed industrialized hemp. And with that 0.3 in the industrialized hemp, it allowed for people to come back and have ingestibles. Um, With that 0.3, people got crafty with hemp and people came back uh, a year later and said well we can have ingestible hemp and um uh, they came back with uh smokable hemp they came back with these edibles and started packaging it basically
2: they extract the cannabinoids from the plant the Mm -hmm. cannabis cannabis plant they extract the cannabinoids and they don't put the illegal one back in you know, they, there's some other cannabinoids that aren't necessarily yeah, they're, illegal. They're, that they're they're spraying it, they're dipping it. They're, if they if they make it down into a concentrate form, that's what you make your your yeah. pens, your chocolates, your gummies out of. Ken, right. I'm sorry so, to, to cut you off.
4: So cannabis, cannabis, you know, marijuana, as we you know colloquially refer to it, has traditionally, up until about maybe ten to five years ago, um, been known for its psychoactive component delta 9 thc um and when they made the 2018 farm bill and legalized industrial hemp they really narrowly scoped at like took out delta 9 thc and said other things in the cannabis plant are permitted since then the DA, da and fda have walked that back a little bit saying here are other things that are not permitted but the big ones that people see a lot are delta 8 and delta 10 thc um and also THCA, which is not, which is THC that's not active, but as soon as you light it up, it becomes Delta 9 THC, but if you're selling it when it's not Delta 9 THC, so that's kind of like the loophole that people use a lot.
1: And our state went after a complete ban two years ago to eliminate the products altogether. That ban failed, so they came after last year a regulation bill that passed. Um, Part of the regulation bill went into effect in July of this year, which was over 21, a taxation and behind the counter. However, a portion of the regulation bill does not go into effect till July 24 of next year. That portion is dosing standards, packaging and testing. That is why people have been getting, getting arrested because the testing standards are not yet into place in our state
3: there is no clarity on testing yeah i'm just but gonna i'm gonna say maybe. clear of any thc whatever at from a gas station i'm gonna go to Ounce of hope or cross country like you said yeah i mean like, the,
2: you never know what's in it man there's some good there's some good companies don't get me wrong but it it you you hear people's uh concerns and it's right in front of their face the, the, i mean there's so much resistance against cannabis but the products are—I mean—that that are available now that aren't regulated is the big thing. I mean, I don't care who sells it; it can be in every gas station. That's great, great access, uh, competition, so the prices would be low. But I mean, there needs to be some regulation. And and, and if you're going to get if you're going to let them have all those other cannabinoids, delta nine—I mean, what, yeah. what what are we what are we doing? You know, because you can—I don't know if you've tried any of those delta eight or, or hemp derived products, but the, the psychoactiveness is is there.
4: Wait. They get you
2: high. Yeah, very high.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's where we're going in Tennessee. You know, we, if, if it hits here, it's going to hit fast, I think. We're going to transition either very quickly. Um, the research is being done. We have been working with the Tennessee Medical Cannabis uh, Commission aggressively and meeting with them. That's why we brought in Ken. Uh, We've been doing our research to make sure we offer up a good bill to the next uh, legislature coming up in January to convene. And um, we want to make sure that we present them with a bill to recommend to the General Assembly a bill compared to Mississippi or Missouri um, that would not end up in litigation like many of the states mm-hmm. have you know years of you know how they hand out their licensing
2: well if you could get in a time hey, machine got
4: that real bad
1: right now
2: every state i mean has been through these things it's amazing that so many states have programs successful programs some happy some not and they're constantly evolving but it it i, I don't understand why a state can't get on a plane or, or get on a zoom and start talking to these i mean i'm sure they are i mean i'm not but yeah i, I, I just don't know what, what's taken so actually long.
4: actually they're really not like i i remember um you know when we passed initiative 65 we had done a lot of that research uh, our team had gone and looked at you know arizona and colorado and missouri and florida those are kind of the big ones that we really looked at um but when our legislature got it you know when they had to you know repass medical cannabis yeah, They hadn't done a whole lot of research. And thankfully, our, our legislature, um, the, the two legislators who really took this on themselves uh, in the, the Senate, um, the original author of the bill, Ke- uh, Senator Kevin Blackwell, who actually uh, represents just South E. All and, and uh, I think he's got part of South E. But he's definitely got all of France. Um And then I'm uh, a South resident.
2: Yeah, he's, he's there.
4: Yeah, yeah. And then Representative um, Lee Yancey of that of the House, you know, the two of them didn't want to just pass something right they they actually went to many other states they collaborated with a lot of other lawmakers in those other states and that collaboration hadn't really happened much with a lot of these bills that passed for two reasons one not a lot of them pass at the legislative level most of them come through ballot initiative which you guys don't have in uh in tennessee and a lot of those ballot initiatives are cooked up by local specialist interest businessmen who just say like, Hey, I could corner the market for myself on this. And even though there's not a whole lot of money to be made, I can just make all of it. Um, and, and that's not the direction we went in Mississippi. It's not really the direction that uh, Missouri went, but you look at other States that is the, the direction they went. And over time they've, they've loosened and liberalized the laws to allow more businesses and more competition to come in. Um, but it's taken a while since before States started collaborating, even, even mature states uh, have only recently started collaborating on their laws in the past three or four years.
0: So who are the people here in Tennessee that are blocking it?
1: Oh, um, Judiciary Committee, Senate Judiciary. I will, I will be very frank. Um, you know, our, it's not a secret. He has gone on record. Our Lieutenant Governor, he's Randy McNally. He is a, a, a retired pharmacist. And it's no uh it's been no secret that he is uh, old school thinking uh he believes that a doctor uh provides a diagnosis for a condition and he writes a prescription and a pharmacist provides that medicine that is the way he believes that medicine should be provided and he just can't seem to get away from that school or way of thinking
2: the and doctors i've spoke to it's like there's just not been enough research you know so and there's not money for research because we you can't sell yeah. it <laughs> and it's not federally le- uh, legal and it's uh yeah it's
1: cheer um even though it's a medical bill uh he seems to send the bill to judiciary in the senate first to meet its demise versus the health committee
2: i mean so there's cannabis happens. products on big pharma i mean ep- what is it epidialics? is that is that yeah, the, they're is that like the one for five
4: approved cannabis related products most and, of them are i think they're all synthesized actually i think they're all and there's
2: a lot of doctors that are just like well we'll just wait till they have it Oh, got gotcha, you know,
4: right. I, I mean, you know, that, that's another thing where people are realizing there's benefit to cannabis. Um, uh, and this is more of a, a, a nationwide or a, a, a statewide thing that we're seeing across most states and not specific to the problems in Tennessee. But you're seeing a lot of doctors say, I get it. Like, I see it. My patients, they, they go elsewhere. They use illegally. They come back. They tell me that it works for their cancer or, or, or what have you. And so I don't want to impede that. But I don't want to be part of my practice because I'm waiting for all the normal stuff about medicine that I'm used to to happen around me and in the medical field. And because of the Schedule 1 prohibition, those studies aren't happening. Um, They they might start happening if it gets rescheduled to Schedule 3, or they will start happening if it gets rescheduled to Schedule 3, or if it gets descheduled entirely. Then we'll see a lot of the studies quickly pop up. And, um, I think the entire medical narrative will change drastically, but it's just that slow moving fear. Plus, you know, physicians, they go to school for eight, nine years then they have to pay for an expensive license, make sure that it never goes away or else their entire livelihood is gone. So they are very risk averse to, to step out of that. Um, just because they know it works within their practice. And so adding new things, some doctors want to, because they're just ambitious like that. They're like, Hey, this is definitely going to help my patients, but some aren't. And that's just how you know opinions in medicine work
0: so how much of it is greed versus ignorance
4: i would say it's mostly ignorance i mean i i i i i also am an optimist and i always look for the simplest solution in everything right you know occam's razor right the simplest solution is typically the the correct one and the convoluted conspiracy theory of like, oh, it's greed of big pharma stopping everything from happening. No, it's just there are systems in place in the United States that this is how we think and operate. And changing those just takes a lot of time and education. And that's all it is. It's just a lot of grunt work and education to get people to realize cannabis is good and not the You know, horrible thing we thought it was.
0: So there's just, does there, I can't talk. Does there need to be like a PR team that basically shows people like it's just not dumb stoners that are using these products nowadays? Yes.
4: Yes. Actually, that's, that's a lot of how we did it in, in Mississippi is we got people who were, you know, not your typical, you know, stoners to say like, hey, look, we use cannabis, right? Mm -hmm. We're normal Normal, people in Mississippi. In fact, like, A lot of what we were advocating for, the the stoners, if you will, didn't like it because they're like, you should just be asking for marijuana everywhere. We're Like, that's not what we're here to do today. We're here to talk about the medical benefits of cannabis. And, you know, the little girl who had a unique condition that had to move to Colorado because she couldn't get it in Mississippi. Like, that's the kind of stuff that we want to talk about. We don't want to talk about like, let's all get high. I mean, Mm. yes, there is. a a high component to some of these a lot of these products when you're using thc um but it's because of a medical purpose just like there's a very intense high with opiates like there's a medical purpose for it so we don't want to stop just because you get high just don't get behind the vehicle and and be smart about how you use it well
2: there's there's a lot of there's a lot of advocates out there that are everything is perfect about it and that's just not that's not true i mean people people that eat edible cannabis i mean you are more susceptible if you're like more susceptible to some kind of psychosis i mean there's there's some stories that and and then and those same advocates are like you should be able to smoke and drive you know anybody should be able to take it we should it's it's that that's not that's not all true There there there's some people that really benefit and you i think as an adult this is my opinion i think as an adult you should be able to choose if that i mean if you can go buy alcohol you should be able to go you should be able to go buy cannabis that's just my opinion
4: you know there are also like false narratives that you don't want to you don't want to get into with anybody where people are like well if you you know smoke cannabis or if you have an edible and you're you're high you know you're a better driver than if you take an opiate yeah well That's, uh... that, you're still a bad driver like you still want to get behind <laughs> the wheel of the car True. like it, this is not a we're not trying to do you know who's better or who's worse we're trying to say does this help people yes or no all right, now let's tell people what they can and can't do while they're using it, like operating a vehicle. You can't operate a vehicle when you take, you know, mind-altering medicine. So you don't, regardless of how much better or worse one might be than the other.
2: So there's what levels the- to it, you know, just like just like a, a pill. I mean, somebody smoking a, a a low-grade joint versus somebody taking a high-concentration edible. edible yeah. That's two different <clears throat> things. So you you'd rather be safe than sorry, I would think, you know, but. Is right what percentage of tennesseans are
0: for marijuana now
1: i uh we did about uh about a year and a half ago i can answer that we did a statewide poll and we only polled republican registered voters and we were right around 79 to 82 percent of republican voters favored medical marijuana Across the board,
2: but yet here we are, so Mississippi. The heard- fun fact that a lot of people will know that, if it, that are following it, that seventy four percent of our voters passed it. It was that was the number one margin in the nation. Correct?
4: That's the largest margin of any state who's passed out of the ballot box. We also passed it by the largest margin of any state who passed it in the legislature afterwards. I mean, our legislature is about ninety percent approval, um, who voted yes for the bill, um, which is the highest. It. it it's just the 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 thing is about our medical program at the ballot box though not only did we have the largest margin but also nobody's gotten more votes recently than um donald trump has in mississippi except medical marijuana and i think also the change of our flag i think those are the only two issues that have gotten more votes than donald trump was changing our flag and medical marijuana
1: it polls very high when we did the state polling but uh scott golden our republican party leader just says it's not a state issue it doesn't seem to be but um, we polled only republicans and it pulled that high so if it was a referendum issue could be in our state we feel it would have passed already Definite. and i count my votes and other than lieutenant governor you know i keep going you know we passed sports betting in Tennessee without our lieutenant governor uh, being supportive. And that's a class three gaming. And I've been counting votes on this cannabis. And we've got the votes in the Senate to pass it without him. We just need to somehow get somebody supportive to go in and strike a deal And I'm just, I don't have the money, the PAC money, and I'm not a pharmaceutical. We have three pharmaceutical companies that have been giving him money for a long time who have PACs that are you know, way stronger than I am. We need, I'm gonna try to work on Congressman Green. He's very supportive and he's strong to maybe go in and strike a deal to at least give us a fair pass through the committees this year. Um, The other thing is, you know, we're getting a lot of pressure to just go uh, in 2025 for uh, adult use in our state because it's already here.
2: Do you talking about full are- recreational for Tennessee? Is that what you're saying that the that might be the that might be the move? People are talking about that.
1: Use the term not recreational, but adult use. Adult Keep use. That- <laughs> I'm not yeah. in the business. <laughs> <laughs> I mean
2: so the corral the people. I
4: mean, in, in some states they use them interchangeably. I mean yeah. a lot of people just say yes. one or the well, other, I'm but really you're just a, about the, medical the state, problem
1: so. of um, using law enforcement in Shelby County, particularly when there are so many violent crimes, particularly around the entertainment district, around Beale Street, uh, you know and uh we're wasting time on uh cannabis cases and using yeah. uh, state resources and labs prosecuting across the state
4: hey i i am sorry to do this I, I gotta i gotta head out i gotta i i got uh, something came up really urgent for me but uh
2: thank you so you much thank you i really appreciate
4: it at the medical marijuana association go to our website medicalmarijuanams.com and uh, shoot us an email. Thanks so much. Talk Thanks to you soon. Take care. Thank
2: Thanks.
4: You. Talk to all you soon.
2: You yeah, he had told me that he probably had around a 30-minute window. Yeah, and, no, that's uh, fine. That's I, I, fine. Don't, I didn't give you that heads up. I'm sorry. But, minutes, but
1: that's off. some
2: good stuff. But that, so, I have one more question for Melissa. She was okay. yeah oh, and and sorry, I, y'all. You, my bad. You, no, she's still there, right? Yeah, I thought we were all still okay. talking. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, so how do we get donors to donate to, like, to help you get this going in the right direction. How do, how do we as That's small... I'm
1: to start talking to you guys about if we can get the platform and I've got you all involved. We have been thinking about a um, uh, several years back. I set up with a colleague of mine, Joe McCord. We set up the first ever. You can even probably see it out there. Uh, when you Google, we set up, up uh, the first ever with a gentleman named Jeff Livingston, the first ever Tennessee, Medical Cannabis Trade Association, and that's what it was called, Tennessee Medical Cannabis Trade Association, and um, we started raising money, Uh, we gave out PAC money that year, we hired a a slew of lobbyists, we had a great chance, we moved it through the committee, uh, the bill, through the first committees, Uh, we worked out a deal with McNally, we had a fair shot at it, we got very organized um it just kind of a bomb went off that year with some of the lawmakers they just added amendments to the bills and just did things they shouldn't have done but um yeah we need to get very organized and and kind of come up with a platform you asked you know what is needed and we really need to do advocacy grassroots website almost like resurrect a new five hundred one c six trade association, so we can get patients, so we can get businesses, um, so we can get news and advocacy and raise funds towards these efforts to do things we want to do um, uh, out there, whether it be events, tailgates, uh, you know, whatever, just to get the word out from Knoxville. Uh, down to Memphis, to Nashville, Uh, whether it be get-togethers on Beale or get-togethers in Nashville at events, but just to start getting the word out. And uh, one of the things I also wanted to get together, since this is a business group, is there is a real, real opportunity that I've been trying to get out to people in the large-scale investment and business groups is with this regulation bill on hemp derived and I can send you all to the public chapter, I can get it to Kelly, but this regulation on how derived consumer products at retail stores and convenience stores, it requires that every batch that is sold by out-of-staters or in-staters or whatever, but every batch of these products that go on the shelves will have to be tested by an approved lab that is approved by the Department of Ag here in the state of Tennessee. That means there is a rare opportunity for testing labs to set up shop in the state of Tennessee and become the next multi millionaires in this business.
2: It's basically about- right now Tennessee has this all of these avenues where mm-hmm. hemp derived products mm-hmm. can come from farmers from different state er, around the world and this that would put a funnel on it where like everything has to all this traffic has to go through that funnel and that funnel being the the tester and the tester yeah it's, it's an opportunity she's putting yeah. out there for some business listening that I've actually got one for her in Mississippi that wants to have the conversation because right. if, if that's a real thing that's going to get passed, people are about to be freaking out because look, look, I mean, you can't go anywhere without seeing it on a shelf. So if all those things True. all of a sudden have to be tested, that's what she's touching on.
1: It's uh, uh, revenue released that Tennessee has a one hundred and eighty million dollar market of uh, these products that brought in uh, $180 million revenue stream in Tennessee in 2022. Oh, wow. And Damn. all these products are now going to have to be tested. Well, I'm only aware of one testing company in the whole entire state of Tennessee at this time.
2: That is an and opportunity.
1: They are only going to have to go through an approval process. Well, every um, retail spot, every convenience store is going to be subject to compliance, to regulatory standards, to new rules that are subject to licenses, to background checks. But these new lab companies, all they're going to be subject to is uh, 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 the standards for lab companies. Uh, which is, I think, uh, see, uh, I forget the certifications they have to meet and to be approved by the Department of Ag. Now, it's not uh, inexpensive to be a lab company. I'm sure. I'm sure it's, you know, initially a few million dollars to invest.
2: Well, if somebody's already in that industry, they're, they're going to realize real quick the opportunity, you know, and mm-hmm. that's. I, I think that's what you're what you're targeting, and I, I think the, the the question about what can we do to to get it. To, to Tennessee, or to, I think it's going to be—you just got to get these people interested that are making money to invest some money, you know. And it—you've got within an hour, you've got you know three successful medical cannabis programs. One of them now being recreational. Some of those states are going to have to, or some of those companies are going to have to have interest in coming to Tennessee. And uh, like I, like I told you earlier, I have a I have a few companies in mind that I think when when the opportunity when, as it gets closer, they're going to they're going to want to talk to you, Melissa, because. They're already here, you know. So that that that's my goal in, in t- talking to 3MA and then talking to some of my friends that I've been working with since the beginning, is just communicating to them the opportunity and that the opportunity or the or the work that you've already been doing, you know.
1: This bill already passed, and this uh, this has to happen. This testing has to happen, and you know this medical program, um, a medical bill or recommendation has to come from, uh, the medical commission, uh, come January, they have to produce recommendations back to the general assembly, uh, for the 2024 legislature. So that's, uh, fixing to happen.
2: We got to get and- you some funding girl. Yeah.
1: I know. <laughs> so we got to see, but it's going to be a short legislative year. And we also have to see if the cannabis commission is going to exist because, It is also up for sunset this year which means uh we have to see it comes up to the government ops committee to see whether they dissolve it or keep it going have
2: you talked to any mso's have you have you have you have you met or talked to any multiple state operators
1: i have talked to a a few i'm talking to a few in missouri down in mississippi uh, florida uh, you know, a little bit of interest, but, uh, you know, Tennessee has been so dormant for so long, you know, this happened. And you're
2: just one person. I understand.
1: The has taken the lead in our state and carved out a niche that medical has taken a back seat. And now we're at the point, uh, that, uh, these products have taken over a market that now we're just like, we might as well turn the knob to adult use here in a minute were right there on its doorstep that we could skip right over medical
2: well you know i'm going to keep you posted i like i said i've got some close friends on the front line in mississippi and in missouri so i hope that uh i hope that somebody gets some interest and i get them connected to you because i know you've been working hard for a long time i'm
1: and also going to be talking to some republicans about the adult use as well so mm. No, awesome. there's the medical stream and there's the adult use knob. So I'm going to be running both paths. And, I think uh, I
2: think adult use is is, is real close. And uh, I mean Arkansas, they they missed it by a, a, a small margin, and uh, Mississippi's already talking about it. Just because there's so many small businesses, so many mom and pops that put you know their life on the line, and now you know. There's not enough revenue. Yeah, you know, if you listen to those numbers, when he's telling you there's 90 dispensaries and there's 50 groves and there's 20,000 patients, even if you get a couple hundred of them a piece on each location, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, somebody's exactly. struggling right now. Yeah, you know, not everybody's well, turning a profit. No,
1: I think the argument is people already have a market here of of intoxicating uh, of products. Uh, why not open the market up to our farmers? We we had 2,000 licensed hemp growers. We're now down to, I think, maybe 250, 300. Um, why not get the economics of it and, um, you know, regulate it? I mean, it's already here in our borders. And, uh, you know, the other thing that nobody brings up the subject matter of is we need to possibly address the whole you know uh, the, the federal and the state issue of licensed gun holders and get our veterans involved in this. You know, uh, marijuana or cannabis users are not supposed to uh, carry uh, weapons, guns.
2: I think in Mississippi you can you can carry it. You uh, if, once you have your license, you can't buy any new guns. But they're they're putting the money together to go try to. Change that, from my understanding. Like I said, I'm I'm not the expert. The expert would be Ken or Dudley, and uh, but yeah, I, th- I think that's what they're doing in Mississippi. And
1: that's another issue altogether. Like you can
2: keep your guns, but you can't go buy a new one now that you're a based. Yeah, like what that is that, what <laughs> sense does <is> that make? <laughs> right? You know, Mississippi. Everybody has guns. You know, yeah, everybody. we all got hunt. We're hunting guns, pistols, whatever it is, and we can't go buy a new one now. <laughs> Shit.
1: But yeah, I think there's a whole opportunity to resurrect uh, a new trade association. I've been getting that uh, pulled on uh, to resurrect that trade association. We have currently a group uh, trade association called Tennesseans United that we've been facilitating. And then we also have set up Tennessee Institute for research that we used. We did the first, continuing education uh, that nurse practitioners got credit for at Vanderbilt, Mm. that we use that group, uh, that uh, foundation for as a mechanism. So we've been doing a lot of behind the scenes work uh, for years uh, using those two entities, but I think it's time to set up a new board And we've got two former lawmakers, a senator and a former speaker interested in serving on that board. And I think it's time maybe to resurrect the trade association.
2: Well, everybody hears that, you know, anybody interested, you know who to get a hold of
1: and get things moving again. So yeah, I think it's time to get some funding and get this set up again. And uh, if you've got the website and the website builder, Kelly, I think it's time to get things rolling again.
2: Well, like I, I told you before, the uh, the company that I'm helping right now, or uh, like I said, they're some of our old friends and they've, they've created an opportunity to generate revenue, but you know, helping. And I'm going to introduce you to them and hopefully uh, guarantee some of that revenue to what we're trying to do in Tennessee because I think you're a valuable asset to anybody in in, in cannabis, even if it is in Mississippi. I, I mean, you, you you work so hard, but uh, help us on the way. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm going to introduce you to everybody I know and anybody that I can, and because uh, I know how hard. Uh, I just watched my close friend. I mean, Dudley was living with me for 14 months, and I watched them guys. I think we told that story on the. Uh, uh, 65 episode but uh i know what you're up against Uh, i believe in what you're doing i have a lot of friends that uh, have assets in that industry so i'm going to continue to introduce you to them and uh, help you any way i can so uh, i I appreciate you coming on here today you know it means a lot thank you so much
1: welcome it just needs to happen in tennessee i just never ever when we began this a decade and there were democrats sponsoring the bill back then it was uh A Memphian senator at the time, Beverly Marrero, and uh, I think Jeannie Richardson in the House. And they moved it out of the first committee, subcommittee years ago. And I remember a Republican, Steve McDaniel, walked out of the committee and he said to me, girl, it's bound to happen. They got it out of the first subcommittee. They did a good job. And uh, that was a decade ago. Literally, it was moved the bill out of the first subcommittee by Democrats. And we had the uphill battle of getting Republicans when they took over as sponsors. And uh, here we are still trying to get a bill passed years later and making, you know, little, you know, five you know just every you know first down that we can get on the on the uh, field we feel like it's an accomplishment. It's just it, Tennessee is just we felt like it has turned into the the buckle in the Bible belt.
2: Well, and Ken and those guys, I think that those are the kind of people you got to go find that successfully pulled it off or, and or operating a successful program. And I think, I think today was a a really good step for you and, uh, I'm excited to, to see the progress. So are they doing what he said they did there with the PR here? Uh, yeah. he, he, go ahead, Melissa. What?
1: And, and like you guys said, you guys are experts at branding and you guys have a lot of ability to get to a lot of, uh, names, uh, branding always helps, uh, especially with our governor, with our leadership, when you can w- walk in with a celebrity or a namesake who supports an issue that is always helpful. As you well know, this issue is not about stoners anymore. Yeah. It is about patience. It is about health. And so um, I want to put that out there as well. If you guys can, you know, lend a celebrity, a Tennessee celebrity uh, to this issue, uh, start thinking about that. Okay. Uh, to our calls, to our 501C6, <clears throat> who wants to be an advisory-type uh, member to us, that would be extremely helpful. Uh, that adds a lot of value, uh, having a celebrity-type notoriety to the issue. Just throwing that out there.
2: Maybe we get one of these Delta 8 you know companies to uh, commit to... You know, and partnering with one of these celebrities, you're the you're the uh, you're the licensing expert, though we might be the branding expert. But you're the licensing <laughs> yeah. expert. Was it the uh, Duck Dynasty fireworks? Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. having to go pick those up because I
1: know, I'm going to go try to uh, touch base with them. They're actually uh, an hour and a half away at a movie theater. I'm going to go watch a, their movie coming out with them at the end of the month. So I'm going to go touch base with them. So. Uh, but Kyle Bush would be a good one to get on a board. He he races for Three Chi, uh, the big uh, marijuana company. But the problem I don't with
2: think the celebrity that, aspect is uh, it's you know Mississippi has a few celebrities. I mean, th- there's a uh, few dispensaries I think that carry Mike Tyson's brand or Willie Nelson's brand or the Belushi brand. But it, when it's recreational, the the marketing laws they write it in there pretty strict. You got to be careful. So. You know, off the top of our head, we start thinking of like entertainers, like jelly roll and some, some of these yeah. things like, Oh, wait, what if he, cause he actually uh, has a cannabis, uh, I think they, some kind of cannabis grow. He, he signed a contract, but those guys are typically promoting a recreational brand, you know, that they can get in multiple dispensaries in all of the recreational states, yeah. you know, and, uh, so just, just finding that right person to come out and talk medical you know, and have that uh, have that information and education would be the, you know, that'd be the goal. Unless, yeah, you, unless well, you're going for adult use in Tennessee, then Jelly, where you at? <laughs> <laughs>
1: now, I got another campaign I'm thinking about him. I got a juvenile justice campaign I'm working, thinking about him in Nashville for Jelly Roll. But uh, um, maybe a country singer or something like that we can think about or, Yeah, I don't know. We'll We'll start working
2: on it. We'll we'll keep working on it, Melissa. Don't worry. I I
1: appreciate it. Um, But yeah, I think it's time to get reorganized and uh, fire this thing back up. I really do. It's uh, time to get reorganized. And um, I got, I got, I've always been really slanted towards the medical side, but I got a serious call the other day uh, to really think about pushing and changing my sales pitch to uh, adult use because it's already between our borders. And
2: and this is just my opinion, but the the initiative 65, although it was medical, it was so loose that it was going to be almost like recreational, you know, the qualifying uh, conditions I think were a lot more uh, vague, but it was like pain, you know, you could go get it if you just like had pain or something like that, but uh, it was gonna generate a lot of revenue, create a lot of tax dollars and then uh, yeah I, I I actually believe it should be recreational for 25 or older if you're an adult you should be able to go get it you, you, you should know your dose they should keep testing and testing and testing and testing but if you're an adult that's what should be funding the medical in my opinion you know they're kind of in my opinion they're doing it kind of what somebody said ass backwards a while ago you know it's like that's you, you the money's there the people the people are already smoking it they're yeah. already getting high you know people are out in the streets, doing deals and buying from gas stations, get it together, create a you know a healthy program. But it just takes time. I mean, I've watched uh, Ken and them guys work for years on, it, and it's just a slow, slow process. Like you said, you're up against eighty plus years of prohibition.
3: Yeah.
2: Do you think that they should show
0: more of the human element, like the side of people that have used the opiates for like pain, and then they had to turn to towards heroin, so they can show that they you can use this. Plant-based medicine instead of that, and like yeah. all the people that have lost their
2: family members from this, their stories epidemic. are out there. But the, again, just like uh, you know, marketing or, or getting it out there on anything, it just costs money. Yeah, who's going to pay for it? You know, you're hoping that the organic story goes viral over and over and over. But we've all seen it. I know someone personal. I know, I know a kid that was having 10, 12 seizures a day Yeah, started taking RSO, and now is a functioning teenager You know that, that can drive and, and, and goes to school. I mean, I'm not saying that that RSO was perfect. It probably stud, does need to be uh, studied more and more and more and more, but the, the, the facts are the facts. It worked for that one kid. Mm-hmm. So if it will help one kid, and you're putting them on all these – he was on opiates, and he was on epidiolex, and he stepped it up and went more uh, RSO – and the kid is great now so that story should be that should be on the front that should be the the viral story that everybody's tiktoking to you know not yeah <laughs> not the the bust and the 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 some of the other negatives but are they all, are y'all using more of the social
0: media aspect or just legacy media type ways of trying to get your information out there
1: uh yes but we we don't have the you know the employee cap capacity to keep it up mm. you know we Somebody just to keep that up every day, almost, uh, especially during the legislative session, because we have new information that I can filter to someone every day updates.
2: One of the MSOs basically has to believe that it can get done. Mm -hmm. They have to believe like, okay, if I write this million dollar check, I'm going to have this. I, I can. I, they going to be an association formed. They're going to know me because I. Brought, I just wrote the. Ch- you know what I mean? There's yeah. gonna, it's just. It's just business. You know, yeah. it's not. And I'm not saying anything negative about those guys. I mean, the, the billionaires are still controlling it all. Just it has to make business sense mm. for it to. That, that's the real. That's the real. Uh, finding that person to come over here and there's they're all they're all around us. You yeah.
1: know. It was just like you know with MMA, you know we had to have a Mister Heisley. We
3: had
1: to have
3: a FedEx form. Yeah. So write the check. Well. Maybe we, maybe we can get Nick Hallmeyer to write this check.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. he, he better he better call Dana to write that check. <laughs> yeah. That's it's a, it's, a, I mean, it's I, gonna be a big check, yeah. It's gonna be a big check that don't come back for a long time is the problem. Yeah. Because you have I mean think about the tier of person you have to be to write a million dollar check or 2 million whatever they wrote to, to get the Mississippi started and not make a penny off of it but like, but they're making this revenue in these other states and they're like it's it makes sense I got to do yeah. something with it I can't open anymore in Arkansas it's capped I don't have any more I can, I've got all the licenses I can get in Missouri let me buy let me let me get it started in Mississippi and control the whole program Somebody has to have that same attitude about Tennessee. It's those MSO guys that have multiple state operating 15, 16, 20, 30, 50 locations that are like, "Ah, million bucks. Melissa Melissa Vast here. Here's a million bucks. Go form me a trade association and get this thing going." Mm. And then here's your salary and here's your, you know, here's here's, here's how I want you to market and uh, they're listening. I know they are. <laughs> 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 I'm going you know, you know, you know, you know, to send I'm going to send it to them. Matter of fact,
1: if we can just like get ten people to throw in ten grand, or we can get four to throw in twenty five grand, that gets us through twenty four.
0: And to be right. honest,
1: real beef is gonna be twenty five. You know, if we can get, you know, raise uh, you know, hundred and fifty thousand dollars, that realistically gets us the juice past.
2: Oh, that's uh yeah. That that that's a start, you know, and that that that'll definitely get a get get some momentum but it yeah it's it's just a big investment and uh like i said i know uh known melissa a long time i know she's worked on a lot of cool things that i really enjoy uh got a bunch of friends working in this industry and i I, that i believe in I, i know it needs a lot of more research i know i know for a fact that most a lot of people don't know their dose and they're just kind of figuring it out but there's a lot of people that i know that including my mother including my wife i mean she's used the thc patches and uh i mean it just works i've seen it work it's like you can't go you can't go get this everywhere in america what it's just crazy to me but yeah. i can go to the corner and and get you know something that's not that i wouldn't dare take and then you or you can go get alcohol and blow your liver you know what i mean it's, yeah. it's, everybody's heard the the cliche uh the or it's uh, like arguments. what you even mentioned earlier it's like uh they either want to push pills or surgeries on you instead of like some other alternative form well even yeah and that's uh you know when i had elite the 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 vision was always i don't know if you remember i had uh had 30 medicines that i sold off market that you could basically come in and and i I tried to find these alternative medicines like preventative medicines there's a if you listen to the rogan podcast ways to well Mm -hmm. in texas it's exactly what Every city needs, as far as an anti-aging preventative medicine clinic. I mean, they do everything. They, I mean, they test your blood. They they don't. It's not immediately go get you on an opiate. The guy that founded it was actually uh, an opiate dealer, essentially. You know, he was mm-hmm. a, a pharmaceutical rep, and he's like, "Man, this is this is all money." And if you if you have or haven't seen the the painkillers uh, series on Netflix, it breaks down the oxycontin uh, epidemic. Mm-hmm. You know, that all those people that was killing. And it's all a piece of that. They all had that same business model. I mean, it's sell, sell, sell. Once we got FDA approved and saying yes, they don't give it. It's just like sales. It's yeah. just a, it's just a business. How many of these things can we get out there? And it, it eventually it, it'll will it it'll, it'll merge and everything will be available to everybody. But the right person has to make the right money. Mm. You know, money money makes money. Yeah. You know, and this that just that's the bottom line. That's interesting right there.
1: Surprise. They haven't put, uh, they have up here, uh, an investor I know has put in and I'm surprised they haven't put one in, in a field street and found the loophole, uh, a bud and bruise. Uh, they have a hemp derived cafe mm. up here in Nashville that is doing really well. Uh, that, uh, you know, is doing the hemp derived, Restaurant style.
2: There's some people that tried to touch on it and add things to the menu, and I just, yeah, it, it never, never got its. Was, wasn't the right business, but yeah, that's uh
1: very interesting.
2: Very interesting. That's I don't want to be back in the restaurant business. I know. <laughs> I don't care what they're selling.
1: Yeah, Tennessee is going to happen fast when it does, and you know the whole federal uh, rescheduling. The talk of that is going to, you know, uh, impact with our trigger clause over here on our statute. Uh, I had some conversations with a few senators this week, and that makes a difference. And so, you know, uh, all that's all that's going to be an impact. Excuse
0: me. So how clou- how close is America to fully legalizing it do you think?
2: They're they're talking now about rescheduling uh cannabis as a whole from a, you know right now schedule 1 means no be- medical benefit federally means we ain't buying it not enough research not approved by the FDA however you want to uh say it and uh but right now I think it's schedule 3 and then like again I'm not the expert on it but that will make it to where they can start testing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't know if that helps everybody in the industry or not. I don't, I don't. I mean, I think I think the the patients eventually would all benefit from that. Uh, you know, getting that access quicker. And the, the testing is what needs to happen. Yeah. I mean, the more data you can collect, like these people that are selling it, they need to be collecting as much data anyway they can. Like these uh, the clinics that are uh, actually recommending it, they they need to be asking all these questions good and bad mm-hmm. and, and, and they need to, they need to give that to the power to be to, to make progress yeah, it on very it.
1: very mixed reviews on that. you know um, we feel it, it, it may happen this time. We feel Biden may get some you know uh, brownie points before the campaign rolls around and we'll reschedule it um, this go round to schedule three. Um, that could be detrimental uh because that may open it up to pharmaceuticals uh it i think also- it's
2: all that's inevitable though you know like it i mean the, it's happening it's happening everywhere the the big money's coming in they're letting they're letting everybody figure it out i mean it gets overvaluated people overspend all the smaller companies end up going away and they come in and buy it all up. I mean, it's all going that direction, you know. Yeah,
3: like they say, Marlboro, uh, Marlboro joints. You know, like there, well, Marlboro. there's a
2: couple. There's a couple of. The, uh, I, don't, I don't know if Philip Morris is, uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they are. But I mean, all of those guys are already investing and looking mm. at these MSOs and the MSOs. It's a race to see who can get as many dispensaries and many licenses, and they're just going to cash them in. You yeah. know, I, mean, that, I mean, that's uh, that's the unfortunate part. But I mean, it's it's just business. It's capitalism. So my point is, is it's capitalism. Let's get to it, you know, create the revenue, help the people that want it or need it and move on to the next subject. (laughs) move on to something else.
1: That's exactly what's happening. And, uh, you know, so I, I see it going in that direction. Now it, it, it leaves wide open what's going to happen to all these states that have gone to adult use though.
2: Uh, that's a, yeah, we could talk for, Yeah. That's one of those things. It's, you got to pick your, pick your spot.
1: Ultimately, ultimately, I think the whole country is going the way alcohol did, you know, from a prohibition period, you know, movement to where alcohol did in this country. It has to.
2: Yeah.
1: But uh, then again, look at Tennessee. We are, you know, I shouldn't have thought and been optimistic it did take 10 years to get wine into grocery stores
3: yeah and now they're trying to do liquor in grocery store or i don't know if they're because that's the next move because rtds are trying to get into uh uh, grocery stores
2: that people at walmart page is about to be lit (laughs) People, that people yeah, because like you know, like the high noons of the country like the high
3: noon brain and all that, uh-huh. they want to they're excluded from grocery because our grocery stores don't sell liquor. So and it's vodka based, right? So there there's a massive thing coming soon that but the other side I heard is, well, if if liquor gets into grocery, you might as well case the small liquor stores
2: goodbye. Oh, and they yeah. don't care nobody cares they, they won't be able to keep they up they don't care capital they don't care yeah. you know it's like what? whoever who can who's gonna make us the most money because when
3: wine went to grocery beer went to uh liquor right liquor stores uh-huh. they but the liquor store owners i'm friends with they said man that was not a we got what we could take we're obviously going to take what we can but like there's the the the. Uh, we don't make that much money on beer the way we were it's on an wine. It's cap item, yeah, just you know, like anywhere. Like, yeah. Yeah,
2: end cap, just like anything else. You it the margins trafficked. are lower on beer than the were on course, wine and stuff like that. Of course.
1: Yeah, it's a big lobbyist fight up here in the Hill. They're all divided. The Jack Daniels, the Butlers and Snows, it's, it's head-to-head in the hallways to see if the Jack Daniels gets ready to sell in the grocery stores.
3: Ooh, it's going to be huge
1: yeah
0: so what exactly is your background like how did you initially get started in all this like outside of the mma and the
1: i went to school um to uh go uh to be a lawyer and i wanted to be a criminal lawyer and then um uh, i had a case that i could not do and uh so i switched uh my third year to criminalistics. And then they said, no, you should have uh, majored in biology or chemistry if you wanted to do that. And so I said, well, fuck this. Just (laughs) get me a degree to get me out of this school as soon as possible. What am I close to then? And they said political science. So I said, okay, I'll take that. And so I got a political science degree and I went to go work for a congressman on Capitol Hill named John Tanner from Tennessee. And um, while I was working for him, I just happened to accrual a lot of vacation time and KISS put on their, uh, they were going on tour in 1995 and 96. They put back on their makeup and all did a reunion tour. And I took some vacation time to fly out opening night to Detroit and um, went to a KISS show. And uh, then they went to DC and I just wanted to meet the pyrotechnician of KISS. I just love fireworks. And I tried to meet him that night. I was like in the 10th row, but I happened to, uh, Gene saw me And I went to the Washington show in my hometown, and Gene pulled me out of the audience and uh, thought I was going to be his girl that night. But the pyrotechnician saw me and uh, invited me to the bus. And I met my husband, Randy. And we ended up, he moved to Memphis. Um, I ended up leaving Washington, moving to Memphis. We started our business. And I have worked for Sun Studios, Jerry Lee Lewis, um, and we got married. And uh, that's how I got in the fireworks business. And uh, we started the company in Memphis. And it ended up 100 people died in Rhode Island at a great white concert. And I said, nobody's ever going to die at the pyramid or the FedEx Forum, I guess at the time, I don't remember. I'm gonna go change the law. So I got back into politics and I came to the state capitol and I changed the law. But I did a big display and looked like I was burning down the capitol with a fireworks display. And Mr. Heisley and Steve Zito saw it in a national, international entertainment magazine and they wanted to hire me to legalize Mm -hmm. MMA.
0: Wow, that's impressive. Heck yeah, man.
1: And my and I never got out of lobbying since.
0: You're a determined person. Yeah.
1: Cost me my family and I still love fireworks. <laughs> and I wish I wish to God I was still in the fireworks business some days.
2: Didn't you tell me you had you might have an opportunity with a certain particular gas chain? I don't want to tell your business, but didn't you say you might yeah. have a-
1: I'm working on it, but they just rolled a big gas chain. Just got out of the fireworks business and said, "No, too flammable." So I gotta, I gotta look into it. But I okay. think Bucky's laid out differently. I don't think their gas pumps are in the front. Oh. Have you all ever been to Bucky's?
0: No, I've never been. I heard it's amazing, though.
1: I don't think their gas pumps are in the front. I don't know, but anyway, I'm looking into that. I'm exploring it anyway.
2: I think lot, I think that uh, all that licensing. I think that's something that was uh, that, that's probably your biggest opportunity finding those celebrities and putting them with those products. You know, they don't make money off their music like they used to. They all need something to sell. Mm-hmm. I tell that Duck Dynasty story, and I mean every chance I get. But that yeah, that's that's pretty impressive as well as passing the MMA. We appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you all. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Callie, you are uh, an absolute gem.
2: I'm just trying to help. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of, it just kind of comes to me, some of these people, like the the way that I met Dudley at that hemp convention uh, down at the senator's place and then ended up, like I said, partnering with him and watch him work on it so hard. I just, yeah, like, hey, man, I'm going to help my friend if I can, Yeah, you know put people well, together, I mean, that's that's it. it this platform, it takes, like I said, I can't say thanks enough for the opportunity.
1: It takes a village, y'all, and I appreciate y'all, and thank you for your time today, and uh, let's get together when I get to Memphis. Okay, okay. sure. Take, thank you all. Take care, Melissa. Bye. Thank you for,
2: for your time today. I appreciate it, and all your efforts. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.